Jesse Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind. Hey friend, as a mom of two small kiddos, I know how frustrating it is to try to have a routine quiet time in a house that's far from quiet. I know how tempting it is to get caught up in all of the day-to-day distractions, whether that's chasing after a spaghetti sauce-wearing toddler, caring for a sweet, hungry babe, or getting the kids to soccer practice. And I know how discouraging it can be when it seems like no matter how hard you try, you just can't figure out how to connect with God. What I also know is that it is possible to connect with God, even in this busy season of caring for little ones. And I'm passionate about equipping moms with the truths and tools that can show them how. This is why I created Moms in Pursuit, my online course for moms who want to experience and encounter more of God's presence in their everyday motherhood. Through seven modules, I walk you through five different ways you are able to connect to God in this season of motherhood and what it means to approach these things both practically and from a place of grace, not perfectionism. One of the best parts about my course is that it's entirely designed for you to go through at your own pace. When you purchase Moms in pursuit you are given instant access to all of the course content forever that includes the videos the printable digital workbook and 15 downloadable easy to use worksheets and templates if you've been struggling to connect with god in this busy season and are ready to see more of his presence and hear his voice more clearly i would love for you to check out my mom's in pursuit course Visit soulcarefortheneumom.com forward slash moms in pursuit or click the link in the show notes of today's episode to learn more. The Lord's desire for us is not just to survive motherhood, but rather to thrive in motherhood and to experience the abundant life He has for us. This is a message that Kara K. James is so passionate about and has created an entire ministry on. And if you're at all familiar with her work through Thrive Moms, then I know you are just going to love her new book, Mom Up, Thriving with Grace in the Chaos of Motherhood. I had the pleasure of chatting with Kara K. about this book for today's episode, so I want you to grab your earbuds and join in on our conversation on what it looks like to thrive with grace as we lean into the Lord's desires for us in this season of motherhood. Hey, Kara Kay, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good. Well, I'm really excited about our chat today because I've been reading your latest book, your your first book, right? Your first book, Mom Up. Um, And I just, I can't get over how encouraging and empowering it is. Um, I've just been, I have so many things I want to talk to you about it. Um, So so this is going to be a really fun conversation for me, for sure. Um, But before we dive in, I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners just a little bit about you and your family and what this season of life looks like for you right now. Absolutely. So my family and I live in North Texas. My husband is a pastor, so he um, works at our church, our local church, and we're very involved and busy with that, um, and everything that comes with that. And so we have four kids, um, ages three to nine. And so our season of life right now looks like spending a lot of time in the car (laughs) between two schools and practices and just, you know, a million things going on. And so we're just in a really a fun season though, where our kids are really beginning to discover, you know, the things that they love and getting into activities and 
um, those sort of things. So it's, it's a really fun season. It's definitely busy, um, and feels never ending some weeks, but it's a lot of fun to watch our kids, you know, kind of fall into their, their routines and their, the things that they really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love seeing all your posts and stories on Instagram because you're in that season of life. That's like the step above where I am. So I still have little ones and they're not Mm -hmm. quite yet three. So you're like, you're, you're, you're in the next stage and it's Uh so fun to watch just like just the things that they do as siblings and just the activities that you do and how you're just fostering this community within your family. And um, it's just, it's really fun to watch because, you know, I, I'm not quite there yet, but I, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. So this book mom up came out at the beginning of this year. Um, what have people been saying about it so far? Um, it's been really encouraging just to, to see women. Cause my goal for this book was really to, to share my story and, mm-hmm. and not necessarily say, look, I've arrived. Here's how you do motherhood. Because <laughs> I don't think anybody can really ever say that, but you know, my goal was really to just come alongside moms and say, I am struggling every day with being a mom. And I just want to come alongside you and encourage you in that right here in the trenches with you. And, and so it's been really encouraging for women to say, you know, to read the book and say, I just feel like I can, I have the encouragement and the tools that I need to step out of survival mode, which is my goal to see women do um, to step out of survival mode and begin to really thrive and enjoy motherhood, even when it's hard and challenging, which it is every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe we, we really can enjoy it more when we, you know, shift our mindset to wanting that abundant life and stepping out of just getting by and surviving every day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you know, someone who's, who's been reading it, I'm, I'm just struck by how practical it is because I feel like there, you know, sometimes we can fill ourselves with really positive, encouraging messages, even gospel focused Mm -hmm. messages, but we don't necessarily always get the, here's the step-by-step practical ways to implement these things. Um, And I just love that you just, you just get really real about what does this look like on a day-to-day basis as a mom to incorporate these values um, into your life and into your family. And I I just, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. Um, Well, I'm glad you like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Now for those who are listening, who, who aren't familiar with the book um, in your book, you share four themes that impact how you follow Jesus and how you parent um, as a mom. And those four themes are intentional motherhood, genuine community, refreshing rest, which sounds so good, Uh (laughs) and embracing (laughs) chaos. Um, And I would just love for us to just take a minute to dive into those. Um, Starting with intentional motherhood, what does that look like for you right now? Well, I think that intentional motherhood can change in seasons. Like you were saying, your kids are younger. And so, you know, for you being an intentional mom may look different than it does for me because Mm -hmm. right now my kids, I mean, I still do have a toddler. And so I have that and he's my first boy. And so it's a wildly different experience (laughs) because I had three girls and then a boy. And so that's still, I'm learning what that looks like to be intentional with a little boy. But, um, you know, I think that it changes in seasons of what our intentionality looks like. Um, because for me, my kids are learning really about who they are as little people and 
discovering their own unique personalities and the things that they enjoy and what they like to do. And, you know, for me with my girls, they love to just sit around and play cards and that's like one of their favorite things to do. And so I will sit and play cards with them um, because they love to do that. And so, you know, and then my son just wants to wrestle and he wants to crash <laughs> into things and, you know, just being a hundred percent boy. Um, and so we, you know, we kind of think about intentionality in that way of focusing on our kids, but a lot of what being an intentional mom looks like for all of us is really discovering who we are in God and who mm-hmm. he says that we are, because we can't really teach our kids who they are and we can't focus on them if we aren't, you know, first discovering ourselves and being confident in who we are and who God says that we are. Um, and being able then to turn and pour that back into our kids. And because I think that's one of the most important things about being an intentional mom, because we're not here just to discipline our kids and play games with them. You know, the discipline part automatically comes with parenting and, you know, playing, playing with our kids is fun, but we are here to, you know, really foster their hearts and Mm. point them, point them to Jesus. And if we're going to do that, we have to be, um, doing that, that ourselves first. And so I think that that's just really important. And as we step into being more intentional is realizing that it goes a lot deeper than just, you know, getting on the floor and playing trucks with your three-year-old or whatever that might look like. And that it goes a lot deeper than that. And there's many levels of being intentional and what that can look like for you specifically in each season. And with each one of your kids, because our kids are so incredibly different. And I know my four kids are all so different. And so when I, if I was to try to be intentional with one of them in a, you know, with all of them in one specific way, I would be missing the mark with them so much because they all need different things from me and they all need me to be intentional in different ways. And so it's really about, you know, focusing on who God says that we are so that we can point them to him and then discovering who he made them to be so that we can really be intentional with the little person that they are. Um, because they're all so different, just like all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I, you know, I love how you address, you know, there is that the simple side to it of, you know, just getting on the floor and playing with your kids, playing mm-hmm. cards, if that's what they're into, but that there's also a deeper element um, that just is rooted in, you know, how are you going to foster godly values? How are you going to, um, you know, just, just build that, that love for the Lord within your family culture? And mm-hmm. Um, I feel like for me as, you know, a mom who's, uh, my eldest is only two. So it's like this weird concept for me of, you know, I'm going to teach my children about God because I feel like uh-huh. I'm at the very, very beginning stages mm-hmm. of it. Um, and I still don't fully know what it's going to look like. Um, but I think that's why, you know, it's so good that you address that, you know, it's going to look different for everybody in different stages mm-hmm. and you don't, and you don't have to figure it all out all at once. You know, you'll grow into it and you'll figure it out the more you, the more you cling to God and press into him. And, um, so I just, I just really appreciate, um, just that kind of a picture of, you know, what does it look like to start stepping into this intentional motherhood, um, and this lifestyle? Um, I really love that. Um, and you also, you also talk about in your book, genuine community. 
Um, and I know that for a lot of moms, community can be a difficult subject um, or even even painful subject. And I'm, mm-hmm. I would love for you to just touch on that, touch on the importance of genuine community, but also how do you think moms can push past any of those fears or hurts or anxieties that they might have toward pursuing community? Yeah, because I agree. Um, community has not always been easy for me personally. Um, we've moved a lot because, you know, just being in ministry, we've worked at different churches and been, lived in different cities and different things like that. And so we haven't really been settled in one place for a really long time. And so it's not always been easy for me to like find my people and really dig into community with them. Um, and I know a lot of people in, and I mean, just like so many other people, I've been hurt in community and, um, you know, I think all of us have faced that. And so it's so hard for us to step into new relationships and be willing to be vulnerable and open to, you know, those things. But I think that it is really important for us to have those people, whether it's like, one person or it's 10 people, you know, whatever that looks like. I think it's so important for us to have those people that we can lean on in all seasons, the ones that can celebrate with us and the ones that can walk through painful, difficult situations with us. Um, and for, you know, for women that moms that are married and um, our husbands, you know, if we have a good marriage and our, we're close with our husband, you know, our husband shouldn't be everything to us. He shouldn't be trying mm-hmm. to fill that role of being our, you know, best, you know, best friend. My husband is my best friend, but he shouldn't be my girlfriend, you know, and <laughs> I need to have those outlets to, you know, have other conversations that, you know, are healthy within a girlfriend setting that, you know, and so I think that we have different relationships with different people that, and then in turn, help us be better women, help us be better moms. Um, and I think it's important for our kids too, to see those healthy relationships and what they look like and see a struggle in relationships because kid, you know, all of our kids will struggle with hurt feelings or, you know, having a hard time finding friends at school or whatever those situations may be. And then, but if we're even willing to share those, you know, the circumstances in our own lives with our kids, it helps them see, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm, you know we will walk through this, but to just to kind of help them see the importance of growing and cultivating just that um, mm. genuine community that we talk yeah. about um, and the importance of that. Yeah. That's, I never really thought about it in that way in that my kids will be watching me to see mm-hmm. how relationships are not, not, not just like a marriage relationship or a romantic. Right. Moment. But even friendships, I I genuinely had never considered that before. I think it's because maybe like marriage is sort of the forefront, like of what mm-hmm. you know oh, what yeah. we're yeah what we're told, and which is definitely important too. But you're so right about you know those friendships, the way that we handle them, and what happens in mm-hmm. them is something that our kids are going to pick up on at some point. Yeah, um, and yeah. if we can show our kids that you know what it looks like to be a good friend, even if it's just you know sometimes I'll tell my kids, hey you know, my friends, whoever, you know, is having a, she's having a hard day. I'm going to go pick up a coffee for her and we're going to just run it by her house. My kids love doing stuff yeah. like that. Um, and it teaches them what it really looks like to be a good friend, to just say, to give your friend a hug and say, I'm sorry, you're having a bad day. Like, I just want to be here for you and be your friend. And 
I'm praying for you, you know, whatever that looks like. And I think it really helps teach our kids what it, what it looks like to, to be a friend, no matter what. And, and that friendship goes deeper than just when you see each other occasionally or just playing together on the playground at school for them or, you know, whatever those situations look like, but that we really have to stop sometimes in our day and care for our people. Mm -hmm. And, And then they will do the same for us because, you know, we want our kids to, to grow in those relationships and have those people that care for them as well. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Um, at some point in your book, um, you talked about protecting your marriage for the long haul. Um, and this mm-hmm. was actually one of my favorite parts, um, just because I'm in a season where marriage is really hard. <laughs> I'm sure that yes. every season, every season marriage is hard, but especially for me with just having two little ones um, and just trying to adjust to this life of being both a wife and a mom and being pulled in so many directions. Um, and I would just love for, if you could dive into this idea of protecting protecting your marriage for a moment and maybe even give our listeners some pointers or encouragement yeah. when it comes to that. Yeah, I know um, when I was a new mom, I had, when I started out in motherhood, we had three kids in under three years. And so for basically about four years, I was pregnant or nursing or having a baby or, <laughs> I mean, it was a very challenging season and I yes. went through a really intense season of postpartum anxiety, depression, you know, having all those babies so close together kind of wrecked my body, my mind, my identity. I mean, that was the whole reason really that I wrote this book was because of that season of life. But, um, it also, there were many times that I thought it was going to wreck my marriage too. Um, and, but my husband and I kept saying, okay, you know, we're, we're in this for the long haul. We are going to protect our marriage, no matter what that looks like, because we love each other. We're in this thing together. And, and so he would support me when I was really, really struggling. And, and then also sometimes for me, it really looked like, making the, you know, making sure the kids came second. And that doesn't mean like neglecting them or, (laughs) you know, things like that, but just putting, um, making sure I was putting my husband first in so many ways and letting my kids see that. And, you know, and when they're babies, they don't necessarily notice and recognize, but, um, I just, you know, I started doing little things like showing my kids, you know, I would make a plate for daddy. Oh, we're going to wait for daddy before we eat. We're going to, you know, just letting them see that, that I valued him. And, and even by showing my kids how much I valued their dad helped me value him more. Um, because at first it was like, Oh, I just want my kids to know how important our marriage is. But then I realized, Oh, I really do value my marriage. And I want my husband to know that I'm not just doing this for a show that, you know, this is really important to me. And, and so taking, you know, taking time away from our kids, um, was really challenging, but really important. And when we had, um, I think our kids were one, two, and three. Um, it was that year we had three toddlers and we sat down the very beginning of the year, you know, it was probably around Christmas time or so. And we said, for this next year, we're going to go on 52 dates in wow. the year. So we, we, you know, we're determined to go on 52 dates for that year. 
Now you say that and you're, you know, at the time it was like, okay, but how are we going to afford this? We had, my husband was working a job that he didn't make much money and I was not working because we had three babies under three. And so (laughs) the childcare was just going to be outrageous. And so we didn't have a ton of help um, around. And so we were like, okay, but how's this going to work? Because we want to do this. We want to focus on each other, but how's it actually going to work? Um, and so we had to get really, um, creative and intentional about the way that we spent time together. And that year ended up being so much fun and where we could have, you know, where we were so focused on the kids needs because they're so needy, you know, when they're little, it's constant, like, I need this, I need that. And then you're just (laughs) so drained at the end of the day that you feel like you can't move. Um, but we, so we got creative and we, we had probably more than half of our dates just at home. And so we would, um, put the kids to bed early and we would, my husband is an incredible, um, grill master. He makes amazing steak, which is our favorite. And so he would cook steaks for us and I would, we would just make dinner together and play games and just focus on each other and just do different things that, didn't necessarily have to look like getting dressed up and going out to a fancy restaurant. Um, but just being really intentional with each other about spending time together. And that was so amazing for us. And, um, and it changes in seasons, you know, right now we're very tired still because our kids are exhausting. <laughs> and then well, season they're well, you have a lot of them. <laughs> I do have a lot of them and we're constantly like running one to, you know, we have to split our time between taking, you know, I'll take these two to this practice and he'll take those two to that practice. And um so we don't, you know, always get to see each other a ton. Um but really comes down to just protecting our marriage and um, making that commitment that our marriage comes first before the kids, before the commitments. And if anything else is making our marriage suffer or struggle, then that's got to go. You know, Mm. if, even if it's the kids activities that they love or something, you know, if if we just have to make a tough call, um, then we do it in whatever season that looks like. So I just think it's really important to focus on that. It definitely is. Um, and then, and it's funny that, you know, we're talking about this because um, this past weekend, my husband and I went on our first getaway trip without the kids. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was it was just so refreshing. And, yes. and the whole weekend long, I just kept saying to him, like, I don't want this to end. Like, I want yes. whatever we have going on here to somehow translate into our everyday Every lives. Day, too. yeah. Right. Because, you know, you're right. Like, you know, you might not have a lot of money where you can actually go out on a date every single week or pay, you know, pay for a babysitter to watch the kids mm-hmm. all the time. So you're right. Like, there is this element of you've got to be creative and very intentional mm-hmm. and just, you know, just think about what are the things that we love to do together? You know, how can we have fun and how can we remember that we're more than just parents, that we're actually, you know, best friends and we're, we're wives yes. and husbands too. Um, so thank you for just diving into that because I know that yeah. all listeners, you know, who are listening right now, they, they're, they're in a season of busyness with kids mm-hmm. and, you know, and we need that encouragement and we need, um, just even just knowing that it's possible, um, to do something like that. Um, so thank you. Um, yeah. I know that 
I know that in your book, you also, you talk about rest. Um, and I, this is such a big topic, I think, because it's yes. so elusive sometimes. Like, yes. what does rest look like these days? Uh-huh. Um, I would love for you to know, um, or love for you to explain the difference between refreshing rest and rest that is found in the Lord, and then the difference between that and then the world's ideas of rest. Okay, this is one of the hardest ones for me to talk about because I don't do this well. Um, and I have spent <laughs> years trying to figure this out because I want I want rest. You know, I want to feel refreshed every day. Um, but I am like, I'm such a busy body and I am constantly going. And so it's always hard for me to slow down. Um, so just know that I'm a major work in progress here. But <laughs> that is okay. Um, <laughs> the so the whole idea here of refreshing rest is finding our rest in in the Lord and in what you know what really matters um because we have all these messages from the world saying you know oh you're you're tired you deserve this you have mm-hmm. done and you know and we start like preaching that to ourselves well I deserve this look how hard I work today I deserve whatever it may be. I think we all have our things, you know, whether it's, you know, a bowl of ice cream and checking out on social media for a couple of hours or, um, you know, going to get a special coffee or get a manicure or whatever those things are. And and not to say that any of those things are bad, um, but if those are the things that you're running to, to fulfill you, then we're missing something, mm. um, which I, I do constantly. And I always find myself, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take a minute to rest. And it's, this is the thing, this, this new episode of whatever is going to give me the <laughs> refreshment that I need, or this, you know, sneaking this piece of cake for my daughter's birthday cake is going to make me feel better because I'm tired today. And um, and those are never the things that really leave us feeling satisfied and renewed and um, maybe for, you know, a moment, but not in the way that we need. Um, and so really figuring out what it means to rest in the Lord and as busy moms with a lot of little kids, or maybe just, a you know, a brand new mom rocking a newborn and you just feel so weary and tired. Um, I remember rocking my babies and spending that time in the middle of the night, I absolutely did not like being up in the middle of the night with my kids. Um, it made me so tired. And, but it was interesting when I got out of that season, I looked back on it. I spent so much of that time, um, in the middle of the night reading scripture or listening, you know, I would turn on a worship song while I was rocking a baby or, um, and now I look back and I, those are the times that I remember the mm-hmm. times that I, not the times that I was shopping on Amazon, which I probably did plenty. Um, but it's like, I remember those times of in the middle of the night, just in the still quiet moments that I would open, you know, the Bible app on my phone and just read one scripture on repeat and, or, you know, read a Bible study, whatever that looked like. Um, just finding those moments to actually focus my mind on the Lord and asking him to renew me in, you know, a supernatural way, because I knew I couldn't do it on my own. And I knew that that those four cups of coffee the next morning, were not going to do it for me. Um, 
and just really focusing on my mind on him in whatever way that looks like. A lot of it for me now looks like praying in the car while I'm driving from this to that and doing a million things. Um, and, but just really, you know, finding those few moments or whatever, because I think it's hard when we go from being, you know, before we're a mom and we have so much time to ourselves that, you know, I used to be able to sit and read my Bible for an hour and do all these things. And then I had kids and it was like, I don't have five seconds to sit down. (laughs) How am I going to read my Bible or pray or do any of these things that I want to do? Um, And so I think it's just a lot of it for us as busy, tired moms is about, you know, figuring out what that new rhythm looks like for you and, Um, And it is possible even when we feel completely worn out from the day or we can't even think straight because we're so tired. Um, But we can find just a few minutes even to refocus our mind and, and lean into resting in him. Yeah. And what, what effect would you say have you seen this have on the way that you view motherhood or the way that you are as a mom? I think it changes my attitude a lot because when I am leaning on myself for rest, I'm more tired. I'm more cranky. Um, and I have to apologize to my kids a lot more. I'm sorry. Mom is in a bad mood. <laughs> and <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> and, yep. And, and so I think that, you know, really taking that time to find our rest in him, it makes us enjoy parenting so much more. Um, because when I find that I am just fed up and miserable and absolutely do not enjoy anything about being a mom, um, I can't remember the last time I have really taken some time to actually rest in, in God and asked him to renew me. I've just been trying to go and do it all on my own. And so I think it really can transform us when we take the time to you know, ask him to renew us in Mm. a new way each day. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I remember when I first became a mom, I had this really bad habit of checking out in front of the TV. Uh Um, and I mean, part of it was just, you know, when, when you're transitioning into, you know, motherhood, you usually end up, you know, spending a lot of time at home, a lot of time nursing or bottle feeding and, um, so naturally, and you I was can't on, communicate with right, this little yes, tiny exactly. baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, there's nothing to do. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you naturally spend a lot of time, you know, on TV or maybe on social media. Um, uh-huh. And I, at a certain point, I just realized that I was missing out on so much, and I was missing out on time with God, even mm-hmm. because I was trying to fit Him into this little portion of my day. Whereas Netflix got you know, 90% of my day. Yeah. And I decided to take a fast from Netflix for a few months just to see, you know, what would happen, you know, what would my day look like if it wasn't revolving around TV so much? And it completely changed everything. I mean, talk about, you know, rediscovering a dependence on God. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, and it was really refreshing. And so I definitely agree that you know, while the world has its ideas of what rest looks like, there really is no kind of rest like the kind that God gives. Yes. Um, Yes. yes. Um, Now, the last theme that you share in your book 
um, is embracing chaos. And <laughs> I just, this is, this is an interesting one. Um, and I would love for you to just dive into what you've learned about embracing chaos and why it's such an important thing for us to lean into today. So embracing chaos, it, again, it's one of those things like rest. It's not, it doesn't come naturally to me. Um, I, I'm very type A. I like things clean and orderly. Um, not in like a crazy way, but I just, I feel better when the house is clean, you know? And, um, and I think a lot of people, a lot of moms are that way. Like when everything is exploding around them, it makes you feel out of control. And, you know, if there's anything I can control in my life, it's my house, you know, um, I can control what it looks like. And so I can make sure that it's picked up and in order and those kind of things. And so, but I have four kids. And so my house doesn't always look clean and tidy. It rarely does. <laughs> um, and, and then my kids, I can't always control them in the way that I feel like I should be able to. And so that's always been a struggle for me. Um, you know, I, why aren't they doing exactly what I'm telling them to do? Why aren't they falling into line and being perfect little angels? Well, because they're <laughs> kids and kids are really like, just little sinners that disobey and they're, you know, it's just ingrained in them to do bad because that's what we as humans do. Um, and so it's just a struggle for me when everything gets loud and crazy and chaotic. Um, but those chaos moments kind of set me off and make me grumpy or make me frustrated or I feel overwhelmed. And so I had to learn what it looks like to, you know, embrace chaos so that I could find more joy in motherhood because that's, I mean, we all want to be joyful. We all want to be happy and we don't want to be grumpy all the time. And so, um, I think it's really important for us to, you know, kind of lean into the joy side. And when we can look at motherhood through, I was talking to somebody recently and she called it a thousand, a thousand foot view. And we were discussing how, you know, when we, we can see our, our lives from this like thousand foot view or 10,000 foot view. I don't know. It was really high up. Um, but we can look down on our lives and, you know, you look down and you see the most important things. You don't see the, you know, the little things that make set you off or whatever. You're seeing really the things that matter. You're seeing mm. the, the gift that you have of these kids that you get to raise. And, um, and so when we can look at motherhood as a gift and we can um, kind of have this and even have this eternal perspective of what really matters and that their little fight that, you know, the little sibling fights or they're them not picking up the shoes that you told them to pick up 20,000 times and those kind of things really in the grand scheme of things isn't that big of a deal. Um, and so it's not really worth getting so worked up over. Um, so when we can kind of focus our mindset to choosing just really the idea of choosing joy and having this eternal perspective of, I get to do this. And if I'm constantly showing my kids what it looks like to be grumpy and frustrated and overwhelmed, then they're not seeing what it looks like to have joy. And that's what we want them to, to see and to have. Um, and and on the other side of embracing, you know, embracing chaos, when we hear about chaos, we just think like, oh, my kids are running around like crazy people in the house and, you know, it's just driving me crazy. Um, 
but there's also this kind of layer of chaos that is when things are really out of our control that happen to us um, in our lives. And I kind of dive into that in the book that, you know, sometimes we go through really, really difficult seasons and that make our lives a little chaotic and um, kind of spinning out of control. And, um, you know, we've all faced whatever those seasons look like, whether you're struggling in your marriage because you're a brand new mom and you're trying to raise these kids and all those things. Or, um, a year ago, my son, he was two, he was, he had just turned two at the time and he had to have a really difficult surgery. And this left us like, you know, we, okay, we're, we're faced with this. We can either choose joy in this circumstance, or we can just let, let this circumstance, um, you know, make us spin out of control and, um, we cannot focus on God in it and we can just focus on the scary parts and all of that. Um, but when we're able to train ourselves to really walk in that abundant life, as opposed to just getting by and just surviving each and every day, I think it, it just automatically helps us walk into chaotic or really difficult situations so much easier because we're able to we're just, it's ingrained in us then that we walk into things with joy and with peace mm. and we're not, you know, feeling so overwhelmed or frustrated or whatever it might look like when we face really trying times, you know, when the chaos is something that's really, really hard as opposed to just our normal everyday chaos. Um, and so I think it's just so important for us to to walk every day in that abundant life that God offers us so that when, when we do face hard times, whether it's just the, the daily hardness or the, you know, the really, really trying things that we are able to find abundance in him in each one of those situations. Mm, Yes. And I, I just love how you also are just a testament of how God can use trying times to minister to others. Um, and I, you know, and I don't just mean through your book, but also through mm-hmm. Thrive Moms um, and through the vision that you have for it and how um, and the resources that you offer through it. And I'd love for you to just take a minute to talk about Thrive Moms. Um, sure. You know, wh- what what was your vision for it when you first created it um, and how has it changed over the years? And today, what resources does it offer moms? Yeah, so I started Thrive Moms with a friend of mine um, back in 2000, and uh, I don't know. It's been six years. <laughs> I think 2013. 2013. <laughs> there you go. I'm really good at math. Um, <laughs> so we started it then, and we were both in a really challenging season of motherhood. We were both struggling, and we were, you know, we had kind of come together, the two of us, and we were just encouraging each other as moms. Like we, we kind of found a place that we could come to, to safely say, I'm struggling. Can you encourage me today? Can you pray for me today? And, and then as the more that we grew on in our relationship, we said, you know, there's gotta be so many other moms out there that are struggling like us. What can we do to encourage other moms? And, and so we saw that there was so much, you know, at the time there was so much negativity on the internet and pointed at moms. There was, you know, everything was telling moms, you know, Oh, it's just about survival mode. It's just about getting by through the day. Mm -hmm. You know, all the, you know, all the messages pointed to, 
toward moms just were so negative. And so we said, what if we just put something out there online that we're encouraging messages because moms are already on the internet. So let's just go encourage them on the internet. So while they're seeing the other, you know, discouraging messages, maybe we can put in some encouragement in front of them. Um, and so that was just our goal. And, um, and it has evolved a lot over the years because, um, we, as we grew, we wanted moms to, we wanted to really point moms back to God's word more and more. And so we created Bible study resources and we have an app now that has really quick and easy devotionals that moms can do, you know, on the go while they're, you know, when they only have five minutes a day to, to dig into the word, it gives them a resource, something to, to read and learn from. Um, and so we just want to be a place that moms can come and feel safe that we're always going to be people that say, yeah, I feel the same way as you do. I'm struggling too, but here's what we can, here's how we can thrive together. So mm. that's kind of what our ministry does. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I first discovered thrive moms. I, I think probably like when I first became a mom. So about two years ago, um, and what immediately stood out to me was just how how empowering you are in that mm-hmm. you point – you're right. Like you point to the fact that there's more than just survival mode, um, that you actually can thrive as a mom, um, not just get by. And I just – I really appreciate that. Um, and I know, I know a lot of our listeners are familiar with you, and they do too. Um, I would love for you to just kind of share where can listeners find you. Um, sure. You know, what – what, um, what's your website? What resources um, would you recommend for them to check out today um, and so- social media where they can find you too? Yeah, so I'm on social media. Um, my social handle is karakade.james on mostly on Instagram and Facebook. And then um, my website is karakadejames.com. And my book, you can buy pretty much anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Amazon. Um, bookstores, target.com, places like that. Um, and then Thrive Moms is online as well, um, at Thrive Moms on Instagram and Facebook. And then our website is thrivemoms.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for just sharing your wisdom and for being so real with us, because I think Absolutely. that, yeah, I think that we need to have that voice, um, a vulnerability, but also just God-given wisdom when it comes to how to navigate all these challenging seasons. Um, So I I just really appreciate it. And thank you so much. I'm, I'm really just so pleased that we got to chat. Um, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey friends, if you haven't already, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a review for this podcast on iTunes or in your Apple podcast app. Getting more reviews and ratings helps Soul Care for the New Mom get more exposure, which means more moms listening and more moms being filled with gospel truths and encouragement for their motherhood journey. I definitely want to see Soul Care continue to grow, and you can help with that with your review. Plus, I love hearing your feedback and getting an idea of what this podcast has meant to you. So when you get a chance, please be sure to do that. That would truly bless me today.